0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Um, before I continue, I, I would like your prayer for us as a church. Um, we have a, a good problem. Um, Our children's church is booked out again um, for this Sunday. And the venue for children's church is just uh, not big enough. And and we have tried all the avenues we possibly could. We've spoken to the landlord to see if we can't get more land to build a kids' theater. And um, he's not willing at this moment. We've spoken to the municipality for land on that side of the venue and they are not willing. And we've spoken to the sports club to get some land on that side of the building. And they are currently not willing. So we have ran out of options um, for the children's church. And are some people that cannot come to church because their children don't get space in children's church. So we would want to ask you to pray with us, to stand in faith with us, to uh, find a solution to the problem. I've run out of my options, so now I'm asking the church to pray and to come up with ideas or suggestions how we can uh, solve a very practical problem. They are so excited. We haven't asked them yet. They just come to Children's Church. (laughs) Uh, They clearly come. They do their part. I think we as adults need to do ours. Um, So please pray with us, and if you have contacts with any of those three parties, please um, use them. Um, I want to continue on Ephesians chapter 4 and just a glimpse into God's desire for church, um, which we want to make our aim the target that we are aiming for. The bride that has made herself ready. Uh, for that glorious day when he returns. As I said before, I have not been to a wedding yet where the bride comes rushing in in curlers and a jean and a t-shirt. They all have made themselves ready. And sometimes I wonder whether God is waiting for us rather than we are waiting for him. Maybe he's waiting for the bride to get herself ready. Um, and and I, uh, my desire is for us to become that church that God desires us to be in. And so we've been looking at the <coughs> Ephesians chapter 4 <coughs> Sorry. for a, uh, a couple of weeks now. And I want just to read this again as an introduction. <coughs> and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of this ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind and doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what, by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. What a, what a beautiful um, description of church and where God wants us to be. Um, so the, this morning I want to continue with this thought and... Um, just encourage us again when we read that scriptures. it, it, it says, until we all come. And, and so this, this aim of church is not just God's desire, but God will not ask us to do something that he would not empower, enable us to achieve. And, and, and so it is achievable until we come to this place that we are no longer children, but mature in Christ Jesus for the edifying of the body of Christ. And, and, and so we are looking at that not just as an ideal, but as a target to aim for. And, and so we have been speaking on this. And, and this morning, I want to talk about just this introduction of the fact that God has called some to the fivefold. That does not make them more special than the rest, but they have a specific aim and goal. And that is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And for building up the church. So it is not the fivefold that is primarily meant to do the work of the ministry, it is all of us together that is meant to do the work of the ministry. And this word equip simply means to bring to fitness, to bring to the place of readiness. To do the work of the ministry. So the fivefold purpose is to bring the church to the place of readiness to do the work of the ministry. And we shared about that last week. So I want to continue from that point to ask the question, what is the work of the ministry? Now the Old Testament concept of ministry was very much um, revolved around a select few. The Old Testament concept of ministry was the priesthood. And it was a select few out of a single tribe of Levi that men and women were called to the ministry to serve before God. But the New Testament is completely different. The New Testament concept of ministry is it's actually for everyone. Everyone. Not just for a select few. And, and therefore, there is still this Old Testament mindset sometimes where people come to church and look how the fivefold does the work of the ministry. But the New Testament concept is that we are all called to do the work of the ministry. In 1 Peter 2 verse 9, it says it so powerfully, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. A holy nation, a people of His own possession, that you should, that you may proclaim His excellencies. In, in Greek, His virtues and praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. We are all called to do the work of the ministry now, not just a select few. We've all been given the Spirit of God. It is not just on the prophet that then spoke. On God's behalf, but God has now poured out His Spirit on all flesh, on your sons and your daughters, on everyone. And so we are in a dispensation where God sees us all as His holy nation, His priesthood, His own special people who are called out of darkness into His marvelous light so that we can proclaim His excellencies, His virtues, and what He has done. So what is this work of the ministry? One major aspect of ministry is to proclaim who God is, as 1 Peter says so powerfully. His excellencies, His virtue, His praises of who He is and what He has done. That is one of, one of the aspects of ministry that we're all kind of familiar of. It, it, the fact that, that ministry involves proclaiming who God is and His virtue to those around us. And the greatest of these is, of course, God's salvation. The fact that He sent His Son to save us, to redeem us, to call us to Himself. That, that is probably the greatest excellency of God towards man is His love and His grace through which we are saved. Not because of our works or because we earned it, but simply because of grace and His love towards us. That He declares us righteous and holy, not because of what we have done, but because of what He has done through His Son. And that's the greatest aspect of God's virtue towards us, His love and His grace. It is the gospel, the good news. And and, and so ministry involves proclaiming just that, proclaiming who God is and what He has done. How He called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. And that's powerful about the gospel because it is not just proclaiming who God is and what He has done, but it is sharing how that impacted your life. How did He call you out of darkness into His marvelous light? We all have a story to tell how God saved us. That personal encounter with Him and our willingness to share it that is the work of the ministry. It reminds me of the women at the well who had a personal encounter with Christ. And the willingness to share it changed a whole town. We read of it here in John 4. And the women left the water pot, went away into the city, and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Sharing a simple personal encounter with Christ to everyone. And then, verse 30, then they went out of the city and came to him. And many of the Samarians of that city believed in him because of the word of the women who testified. How powerfully. And why did she testify? She simply testified a personal encounter with Jesus. He told me, All I ever did. So when the Sumerians had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed of his own word. And then they said to the women, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. You see how one woman Personal encounter with Christ changed the destiny of an entire town, a city. Powerful. And it, was, it wasn't a theological understanding or um, a revelation, but a personal encounter with what Jesus did, how she encountered him, how he called her out of darkness into his marvelous light. And we all have a similar story, a willingness to share that. It's the work of the ministry, because that is ministry, is to proclaim who God is, His virtue, His excellencies, His praises of what He has done. And so we're all called to do that. But to fully understand the work of the ministry, I believe we need to take a step back. The word for ministry in Greek, um, I think I've got it there. It's the next slide it literally means service a ministry in greek means service particularly attending as servants at a table one who executes the commands of another ministry in greek is a very well known concept of being a servant serving Ministry, in a very powerful sense, is realizing God, God saved me. And, and I've bowed my knee to not just accept that great salvation, but to serve Him as King, as my Savior and Lord. And then so powerfully, in God's example and command, ministry is not only serving Him, but actually turning to one another and serving each other. That's the heart of ministry. It's being a servant. And so so when we think of, of ministry from a Greek concept and understanding, Ministry is service. Just as Jesus set the example and commanded us to. Now, for the Greeks, there was no dignity in service. As one of the great philosophers said, how can a man be happy if he has to serve someone? How different was Christ's perspective and concept of ministry? As a matter of fact, in Mark 10, verse 45, we read, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus' concept of ministry was not to be served, but rather to serve. And I mean, the context in which Jesus spoke those words is so powerful. If we read from verse 42, it says here, And Jesus called them to him, his disciples and said to them, You know that those who considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be the servant, the same Greek word as ministry. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all, for the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That is ministry. The New Testament concept of ministry is servant as a servant to the king, but also to each other. That is what ministry is. John 13, so powerfully, Jesus at his final meal with his disciples, washed their feet. He humbled himself as king, as God himself. The the final moments with his disciples, he humbled himself, took a towel, knelt down and washed his disciples' feet. So powerfully demonstrating what ministry is. And then he said these following things. He said, and when he had washed their feet, he's taken his garment and sat down again. He said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. Nor is he who sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. How powerful Jesus illustrated to us what ministry is and encouraged us to follow his example. Ministry is an act of humility, serving God and serving his people from a place of gratitude and love because of what he has done for us, but also because of his example. We spoke about one of the greatest forms of worship is imitation, imitating Christ. And, And so because we see who he is and what he has done for us and we learn his desire and commands, we obey and imitate him, not because we have to, but because of this great attitude and love For saving us. This gratitude of belonging to Him. Responding to God's example and His commands. Love, in a very powerful sense, is expressing itself in service. And that's really the example of Christ. Coming to earth to serve us. Now, It is from this understanding of ministry that Ephesians 4 starts to make even more sense. If we read just from verse 15, it says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, powerfully causes growth. To the body for the edifying of itself in love, and so God calls us to the ministry, but it starts with an attitude of serving the King. This is what this call, this, this aim that we are aiming for, the target that we are aiming for, this, this is where it starts. It starts from an attitude of gratitude towards our King. Where we humble ourselves and say, Lord, I want to serve you for the rest of my life. As the one who saved me and redeemed me. It's from that attitude of gratitude and servanthood towards the king and his desire. That we see that his desire is that we must serve one another. If you love me, then i feed my sheep. Take care of them. So it starts with this powerful desire to serve us and serving at His desire and command, which is to love and serve each other and to share His virtue to the world around us. That is the place from which ministry grows. And then so powerfully, God, through pouring out His Spirit in us, endows, what's the word? In empower, let's use empower. <laughs> I know that word. <laughs> empower us with different gifts, and so and so wisely, God has given us all different gifts, so that we will not be independent, but interdependent. So that we need one another to share and to serve one another with these gifts. That is, give each and every one individually. And and we don't have time this morning to go into that. Pastor Vanner will probably next week. But God has blessed each and every one of us of a spiritual gift of service. All the gifts are there to serve us. As a matter of fact, I've got a list up here of, of, of the gifts that are mentioned that God empowers us with. The, the office of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, and the pastor, but then also in In exhortation, in leading, in serving, in giving, in mercy, in miracles, in healings, in helps, in administration, in tongues, interpretation of tongues, in faith, in knowledge, in wisdom and discernment. These are all gifts that God adds over and above our natural ability so that we can serve one another in His body for the edification of itself in love. And what is so powerful is, is when every part does its share, it causes growth of the body. And so it's no longer the fivefold that, that does the work of the ministry and causes growth to the body. But when everybody does it, it spontaneously causes growth and the edifying of itself in love. Because ultimately love expresses itself in serving one another. That's the ultimate definition of love. Jesus said, no one has greater love than this. And to lay down his life for his friends. And so that is what God is calling us. And, but before we start there, before we start to get equipped to do the work of the ministry, let us consider our own hearts and motive. Let us start from this place of gratitude towards our Lord and Savior to a place of serving Him, say, Lord, because of your great mercy and grace, I want to serve you. I want to serve you in the way you desire me to serve you. And the amazing thing is that God says, the way I want you to serve me is to serve each other. That's how you serve me. And so powerfully, when we do, That is how we reflect who God is, because that is what He came to do on earth to serve us. And then all these scriptures about God's love manifesting through Him, that the world may see who He is through the way that we love each other, makes so more sense. One thing that I saw in the army is that love and loyalty overcomes fear, risk, and even death. I saw how men, because of their love for each other, are willing to risk everything for each other. You know, when soldiers deploy in Afghanistan and Iraq, you know what, they don't have a choice. But men will sacrifice their lives for each other, not for their country nor the cause. Ultimately, when you speak to those, they said they did it for their brothers. Something powerful what love and loyalty does. It overcomes fear, threat, and risk. And when we truly love God, and our loyalty to Him as as His servants, you know what? In a natural way, it leads us to face the fear, the risk, and the threats of standing up for Him. But what is even greater is the fact that He has given us His Spirit to empower us. And He says, even in those moments, I'll give you the words to speak. That you don't need to fear. And that I'm with you always. And so God called us to this great privilege to partner with him in his great plan of salvation through the work of the ministry. If in the army love and loyalty led men to overcome fear, threat, and risk, how much more in the kingdom of God? How much more? Because of His love for us and what He has promised us, shall it not inspire us to serve Him with all our hearts? So let us consider our own salvation and the cost that God paid for our souls. And let us respond with an attitude of service, an attitude of ministry towards God and others. Let us ask Him how we should respond to His desire and example and command to do this great work. From teaching to giving, from administration to healing, whatever God has added to your life, you have a part in this body, in this church. And we together have a part in the greater body. And and so when we start to get ourselves ready for His return, in a very practical sense, it simply means to start serving one another in the way He desires us to. To love one another the way He loved us. Like Jesus said, by this the world will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so by, by drawing closer to Him and and deciding in our hearts, I want to serve you, Lord, in the way you desire me to. We are preparing ourselves for ministry. And then asking Him how to serve one another. It will lead you to do that. Let us consider that as we pray. Father, we thank you that and uh, you revealed yourself to us how powerfully we see not just through your acts but your son coming to us who you are and one of the things that are so powerful is your humility your humility your patience and your grace Your love that that demands a response, that drives you. Your love that sends your Son to die for us on the cross. Your love that keeps you on that cross. And your love that pays for our sins. The fact that you came not to be served, but to humble yourself and serve us. And that is who you are. What great confidence we have to come to you knowing that you are humble at heart. You are humble. And you see us in our weakness. And you have compassion. You have mercy and grace. And you wash our feet. When we are meant to serve you. God, you not only washed my feet, you washed me entirely. Just like Peter, Lord, it's not just our feet that was dirty, everything was. And you washed us clean, you humbled yourself. And you washed us with your own blood. So that we can be clean, pure, healed, restored, clothed again. Have a finger, not empty, but with a ring on it that seals us. An engagement ring for that day. Your spirit in us. That we know that we can be excited when that call comes that you are here that we do not need to be afraid. Lord, I pray that we will all be ready on that day with great excitement. So God, I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, that you will speak to us, that we will make ourselves available for your service. Holy Spirit, that you will guide us and show us how we can serve one another in our own capacity and also together. Grant us this willingness to serve you, not in the way we want to, but the way you desire us to. So I pray for that, Lord, this morning. And I want to give you all an opportunity just where you're seated in your own words while your eyes are closed, just to speak to the Lord. Just respond to him in that what stood out for you this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and all the eyes are still closed. You realize that you've not been serving the Lord. This morning, it's an opportunity for you to bow your knee and to say, Lord, I, I accept your great salvation for me. Lord, wash not only my feet, but my whole body too. I want to surrender my life completely to You. Save me, wash me, redeem me, Lord. If that is You this morning, maybe You have turned away from Him and start serving Your own desires. Um, I want to give You an opportunity just to respond between You and Him by just raising Your hand. Say, Lord, I want to surrender to You. I want to give You my life. I want to be Your servant forever. Now, thank you for that hand. You can just raise it and just drop it. It's just an indication between you and the Lord. Is there anybody else? Father, I thank you for the hearts that are responding. And and Lord, I pray, Father, that at this moment, Lord, I know you're a humble God. You are gentle, merciful, and, and gracious towards us. Our oh Lord, you respond to every heart that responds to you. You embrace us. You, you spin us around in great joy as we come to you. And your burden, your yoke is not heavy. You are gentle and lowly at heart. And you teach us your ways as we exchange our burdens for yours. And you show us life. Lord, I thank you for these hearts that are responding this morning. God, I thank you that you wash them clean. Um, And you remember their sins no more. And you call them my son, my daughter. And the fatted calf is slain for a great celebration. Because your children are coming home. And your bride is making herself ready. Lord, we want to be ready. Help us to do so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. Um, May God bless you and continue to ask Him to show you how to serve. Not just in church, but to serve one another. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.chevronline.tv to download and share.